Hello, podcast land. Hello. Welcome back to the We Do Podcast. Hi, Megan. Hey, Luke. How are you doing? Good. Were you going to ask me the same question? Surprisingly, yes. <laughs> Crazy. I'm all I'm all hopped up. I'm all allergied up. Yeah, you sound a little congested. Yeah, there's all kinds of particles all, all in there. I think we're around. I think we're allergic to our house. Uh, as you know, so I went to the allergist a number of years ago when I started having seasonal allergies and I got the needle test where they have all the different needles to see where you puff up and I puffed up for all of them. <laughs> there, were, It was just like one big inflamed splotch on the back, on my back and, uh, I think there were only three or four little dots that didn't do anything. I was allergic to all of it. What are, Do you know what you're not allergic to? What were those three dots? I don't remember. Uh, like shellfish? The one thing that you don't eat already? <laughs> I don't know, but it, it was all the weeds, all the pollens. Uh, horse trees. hair, I think. Like There were a <laughs> lot of weird ones like rabbits and horses. Um, I was allergic to all of those. And my threshold is just very high. So I don't react, but then once I do react, everything sets me off. You're zero or a hundred. Yep. There's nothing in between. That's how I live life. <laughs> I've had allergies since I was, uh, I guess, like a toddler. Uh, I used to get sent home from kindergarten a lot because... Uh, I would be sneezing and like rubbing my eyes and like turning bright red and the teacher thought I was sick and she didn't believe me when I told her I had allergies. She didn't believe me. I'm like, what What five-year-old would make this up? So She thought you were just trying to get out of school? I No, I think she thought I was actually sick and I didn't want to leave school. Oh. Probably because I was like a brown noser and I loved school. But after that, every year, I would have to go to the school nurse at the beginning of the year with a note that says, Megan has allergies, so if she comes in with a runny nose or sniffling or is puffy, and you ask her what's wrong, and she tells you it's that, please believe her. Mm -hmm. Don't send her home. <laughs> uh, it's rough. It's a rough life living in a place that has four seasons. Do you think we can get them to clear our venue out of all pollens and dusts and danders? Maybe. I uh, I was talking to someone at work who loves to ask me how the wedding plan is going, but he asked me like every three days as if I have new developments all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was saying how miserable I am with my allergies right now. And he was like, and you're getting married outdoors? What's wrong with you? And I was like, I hope nothing. <laughs> I hope it'll be fine. If you have such bad allergies, you should get married in a hermetically sealed dome. Yeah, I was like, you got a real opinion on this. I'm going to just uh, take some Zyrtec and hope that this all works out. Because mm -hmm. I like nature, just nature doesn't like me very much. I'm not going to be allergic in the pictures. <laughs> that's, what, uh, that's what the production assistants told me in the one movie that I... That's Nigel drinking some water. Oh, he's so thirsty all the time. He's such a loud slurper. I'll take this opportunity to slurp my tea. Are you supposed to make the ah sound after you drink tea? Like it's yeah, Coke. Like Coke. 
Uh, I was an extra in the movie Fever Pitch with Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore. And we filmed overnight at Fenway Park. It was my first time going to Fenway Park. They started shooting after 11 until the sun came up. And it's it was raining and it was in the fall. It was very cold. And people started putting on jackets and op- opening umbrellas. And all the PAs told us, put your jackets away. It's not raining in the movie. Because they're assholes. Well, they can't have... Uh, the the movie takes place in the middle of the summer. I they know. can't have all those stuff in... Kind of all that stuff in the shot. I know. You weren't even in the shot. No, I was sitting so far away from uh, the main focus of the camera. I was sitting next to literal dummies. <laughs> literal dummies. They, well, didn't, they didn't need me at all. I'm sure it was fun. It's certainly fun now that it's a story and you're not currently living it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how I feel about a lot of things. Hopefully not something I'll feel about our wedding. So... Today, we have... Uh, we have our, a very well-researched agenda. Our, our topic is... <laughs> are you implying that our topic is nothing? No. <laughs> I'm implying that we decided what we were going to talk about about 10 minutes ago. So. Yes, that's true. But we have, we have done a lot of research. We wanted to talk about photography. Because, um, as you heard in our budget episode... We sat down and talked about our priorities. Our number one priority was our venue. That's where we did the most rigorous research and we spent the most time. We did it the first thing. And then uh, our second highest priority was photography. So we put a lot of time and effort into finding a photographer. And we are still over a year away from our wedding and we've already booked our photographer and put a uh, deposit down and we're feeling good, so... Yeah, she is ready for us when the wedding comes along. Yeah. <laughs> we'll all be a year older and a year wiser. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is the first thing to start thinking about when you're looking for a photographer or deciding if you even want one? Uh, so I guess the first thing is, yeah, to decide if you want to have a photographer at all, I suppose. Uh, most people would. Uh, if you have... A friend that happens to be a professional, then I guess you wouldn't need to hire one if that person volunteers as their gift, maybe. But it's a lot of work, and to uh, capture all the right moments and like, there's a lot involved, which is why it's so important to have a professional. I think. Yeah, and I think uh, as much as everybody loves to take pictures with their phones nowadays. Like, pictures with your phones are good for, like, Instagram, but it's not even, it's not even good enough to, like, blow up on, as, like, your desktop background, usually. Mm-hmm. So, it definitely wouldn't be good enough to, like, have your parents blow up and put over their man- mantle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, those pictures from phones are just to look at on other phones. Yeah. So, like, if nothing else, if you're gonna have just, like, crowdsource your pictures, make sure you have people in the crowd that have actual real good cameras with like full lenses and like they know how to use those cameras. Yeah. And to be honest, I mean, this is us talking as people who prioritized having a photographer like very high on the list, but 
if you're doing something like that, even if you just have friends that happen to have nice cameras and they're taking pictures during it, uh, that implies to me that photography is not really that important to you. Like whatever quality of pictures that comes out, like you're happy with that. So, which is fine because like you're choosing to spend that money on something else that you care about a lot. But if you care a lot about what the pictures end up looking like that you want to, you know, show people, show your children, look at when you're old and forgot what your wedding was like, then it's important to invest. Yeah, I definitely agree. So one of the things that I think is really important to keep in mind with photography as well as anyone else who is sort of a creative artist, your DJ or your hairstylist or your um, invitation designer, is that those people have real tangible skills and their work is uh, significantly different than the work of an amateur. So even though uh, you can design your own invitations or you can buy pre pre-designed invitations, if you're looking for the skills and the output of someone who is a trained professional in that area, then, you know, they're, they're worth pretty significant costs. Um, and so you have to keep that in mind. It's not like you're being gouged necessarily because it's a wedding. There's uh, a perception in uh, creative industries, entertainment industries, especially for entertainment, whether they have you perform for free or be somebody's assistant forever and like do a lot of unpaid internships and things like that, that it's expected that you would do things for free. And it, that's just a wrong assumption because yeah. if you're going to basically the people that will, will agree to do it for free, honestly are people who shouldn't be charging in the first place. Like if you're worth an amount of money, like, if your services are at a certain level where they're worth an amount of money, you're going to charge for it. Unless you're giving it as a gift. Yeah. So what I'm trying, what I was trying to get at is if photography is not that important to you, I would recommend going with your guests just taking pictures and you using whatever they do rather than, like, trying to find some bargain basement photographer who's like a student who will do it for free for the exposure because uh, any artist, any any person worth their snuff in this industry is going to charge at least something. And usually just the time and effort of getting there and preparing for it and the, the amount of work that a professional does at a wedding is worth the money that you're paying them kind of thing. And when you say... Uh... Imagining this is a person breaking into professional photography and it's someone who wants to eventually be charging a lot of money and like getting the experience where they're going to be doing this at a very high level. That person is going to have, you know, uh, photojournalism experience in school or they're going to be studying it and getting pictures for free like published somewhere or like evaluated and picked as like better than other ones. Like if you want to pick someone who's trying to break in, that's okay. But that person is also going to charge you something. It's not going to be as much as people at the top of the industry, but 
if someone, you know, if someone does, if someone fixes your car for free and it breaks, then, well, they fixed it for free. Like, if you're paying a mechanic to fix it, then you have reason to expect that it's going to be right. Yeah. And you have, uh, you'll likely have more um, background on the person. You'll be able to talk to their previous customers. You'll be able to get a sense of who they are because this isn't something you get to redo. And that's something that was really important for us to make sure that not only um, were we getting the type of pictures that we liked, but we were also getting the type of experience that we want because... The photographer is someone you're going to spend the pretty much the entire day with. It's the vendor you're probably going to interact with the most. So it was super important for us to to set aside, you know, a good chunk of money to get someone that we were really happy with. Yes, this is not someone who is just sort of a roving eye and they're looking around and like, hovering through your wedding and taking pictures as it a, a an ethereal ghost. Like, this is someone who's going to be saying, like, okay, Grandma, you need to move three inches to the left, and I need everyone, I need everyone behind this table right now. And uh, when things go wrong around you, that person will always be there. And they'll probably be taking pictures of your face. Yeah. And so... You'll be constantly talking to them all day, and they'll be telling you what to do and telling your guests and your uh, your family what to do to so that hopefully they're doing that so they can get good shots. Yeah, so I think that is a good segue into the like things that you want to look for in a photographer. Yes. Personality, for sure. We actually interviewed people for our photography. That's something I did not realize ahead of time that was part of the process, that you actually talk to the people and get a sense of their vibe. But once I realized this whole thing about how uh, they're constantly with you the whole time, and even more than a lot of your guests, this person is going to spend way more time with you all day. So can you handle their personality when things go wrong is that personality going to help you feel better or make it make your anxiety worse for sure and for us we're not in front of the camera people (laughs) I wouldn't describe us as that so it was important that we had someone who we felt would make us comfortable being in front of the camera definitely so um so personality number one what else uh so personality then the person's editorial style, so how they like to shoot pictures creatively, what uh, images appeal to them. So the big buckets are photojournalism, which is they like to sort of... that. The, this is the kind where they sort of hang back and they want to document what's going on and they don't really like to direct people very much. Yeah, it's like a documentary style. And then... The sec. What's the second style? Traditional. Okay. What so do you the mean? Na- the, the name style? of it is traditional. I would say it's traditional wedding photography, portraiture. Oh yes, portraiture. That's the word that came up a lot, and so that is basically heavily posed. You get the pictures with like the bride and the groom, and then all the 
wedding party. Um, the wedding party, the groomsmen and the bridesmaids are flanking them, like arranged by height, and they're all rotated exactly this uh, degrees. Yeah. So I mean, they also do exactly like right. a lot of the trendy posed pictures. So, like, you'll get the picture that's posed like the bridesmaids poster, and the picture where they're all jumping in the air together. Mm hmm. Uh, there's like pictures. I don't understand this. Maybe someone can explain it to me if you know. There are pictures of all of the bridesmaids with their dresses tucked into their underwear. So it's like all the bridesmaids, like butts facing the camera, with or dress yeah, or without underwear. underwear. Like there are a bunch of them with them lifting their dresses up and they're facing away from the camera, so you just see they see all of their butts. It. I don't get it. If someone could explain that to me, that would be great. But that would be considered portraiture. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but portraiture. Um, one of the other styles is editorial, which I find very compelling to look at, but I know that I would be very uncomfortable posing for. So that's heavily posed as well, but in a much more like magazine style. Usually they um, use a lot of backdrop and like whatever space you're in. So, like, if you're in the mountains or in the forest, like, it's usually very, like, lush and beautiful looking. Um, but it can, you, you you can spend a lot of time setting up a editorial photo shoot, which is time that I would rather spend dancing and drinking. Mm, so those are the kind where you have your cocktail hour and as a guest you're like, oh, it's been... Over an hour, where is everybody? Where's everybody in the wedding party? And they're just like off uh, with huge lights and reflectors and like bouncing, bouncing the sunset off of the person's face at just the right angle and everything. Yeah. Or like time, like they'll do time lapse photography at night. So you have to stand there for like ever and the shutter will stay open. So it'll capture all the stars behind you. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. But you have to stand there for a real long time. What else? There's, I think there's a fourth one. Oh, I don't remember a fourth one. Honestly, I didn't remember that there were three. I thought there were only two. Oh, there's definitely three. Maybe we're there's experts. not a fourth one. Yeah, We're so expert at this, guys. Um, but we wanted more of a photojournalism style with some portraits, but nothing too heavily posed. So the takeaway is really just to like understand that there are differentiators there's ways that the photographer will prefer to or have a strength in one of these styles and uh they'll usually have studied it in school or um, you'll be able to see it in their samples so definitely uh you want to identify the people and then you'll be looking online at their portfolios and you'll be able to tell if if you can't really put your finger on what kind of style it is like the technical name for it if if you can see that like oh i like a lot of these this person's pictures when uh you're looking at some of the other ones and they don't have the same qualities then you know that like this is someone you want to talk to and just you can discuss with them in person. These are the specific pictures I saw on your website that I liked. Uh, what went into them, like what uh, informs your eye when you're looking for pictures. 
and that's how you can get a sense of how they work and when they respond to you how uh how their personality would interact with yours yeah I mean, it really matters that you like the style of pictures, so dividing them into these categories just makes it a little bit easier to understand, but um, you want to find someone whose like sensibilities match yours. Because photojournalism can mean, you know, moody, it can mean like bright and sunny, like it really, it depends on that person's eye. And how do you go about finding these people at all? Oh my gosh. So the easiest way is to talk to um, people that you know and find out if they had a good experience with their photographer and who their photographer was. Especially if you have seen those people's wedding photos and you like them. Mm -hmm. So Facebook is great because I feel like everybody's got their wedding photos up there. So you can see friends uh, that you talk to lots or friends that you haven't talked to in a long time. And you're like, I really like those photos. Tell me about your experience with this person. Did you like working with them? Um, and that that can sometimes be a lot easier than just going into the black hole of the internet. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I mean, there are millions of websites out there that are just wedding vendors. So you've got like Wedding Wire is a really good one. Um, I am a huge fan of apracticalwedding.com, which is a blog. But they also have a bunch of preferred vendors. Uh, as a side note, A Practical Wedding has uh, a couple of books, and they're great with information about photographers and what questions you should ask, and if you're deciding whether or not you want to do um, DIY photography, great stuff in there. So, But yeah, it's, I think, getting a sense of who other people have worked with is helpful, and then sometimes just trolling the websites that have real weddings on them. And seeing which pictures you like, and then seeing which photographers those people are. So, does Wedding Wire do things like that? I know Practical Wedding does, where they'll show you, uh, here's a title for the wedding, like it's a rustic barn barnyard, a rustic barnyard wedding, and they'll put the people's names, and then they'll have uh, all a, a variety of the pictures for you to look at, and they'll have little quotes from the bride and groom and everything. Uh, I don't think Wedding Wire does that. Wedding Wire is mostly like a yellow pages for vendors. Okay. Um, the good websites for those are like Green Wedding Shoes and Something Turquoise and like the, the Knot. There are a bunch of like websites that do tons of like real weddings uh, and looking at weddings that uh, ha seem to have similar settings as your wedding not even necessarily the same vibe but if your wedding is going to be indoors at a church in evening time and then indoors at a country club with no windows or a ballroom or whatever like try and look for real weddings that are in similar lighting and find photographers that do well in that because there are some photographers that are so gorgeous when they're in natural light but then they kind of falter when they get inside um, where there's not a lot of natural light. They don't do well with, you know, nighttime or whatever. So that can be helpful. And going through these sites where you can look at a lot of different weddings, the big variety uh, helps to identify those different conditions and the getting a sense of those different styles that we were talking about. Yeah, definitely. And so if there are... 
certain weddings as you go through that look really interesting, they catch your eye, then you can uh, go to that photographer's website and look at some of the other stuff they've done and see if you want to interview them. Yeah. So when these, when you have a couple of names in mind, you're interviewing them, you're asking them questions about their style and their approach, uh, you want to, how much do you want to factor in the location of your wedding and where they're based? Because you can get people that are local to your wedding, but you can also get someone to travel from, you know, across the country. That's something that I didn't really think about until we started looking at photographers, but I was surprised at how many photographers have almost no travel fees or very low travel fees. Because when you're looking on these sites, like the weddings that they're showing you, the examples could be from anywhere. Yeah. And I always thought that I would have to get a wedding photographer who is local to the venue, which we're in like the middle of freaking nowhere. Right. It's not close to where either of us are from. It's not close to where we live now. It's not close to a city. Right. (laughs) Like the closest city is Albany, which is 45 minutes away. So it's really not anywhere. Like I wouldn't imagine there are 10 wedding photographers within 100 miles of this place. I mean, I'm I'm sure there are, but... How do I find them? And... Right. It, it would be a lot of work to locate all of them and to ident- identify what is differentiating them between yeah. each other. And if we liked any of them. Right. So um, we kind of just did a general search and I was pleasantly surprised with how many we found that we really liked their work. And they had, um, one of them had zero travel fees. Her package included travel anywhere in the continental U.S., so we didn't ha- we wouldn't have to pay anything extra to have her come here from Virginia. Uh, one I think had like a three hundred dollar travel fee, and it was similar. It was like that included everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it it really doesn't hurt to expand your search and then see if either the the wedding photographer can work with you. Or if you really like their work and you can't afford to fly them out if they have any contacts that are closer that would travel. Mm, Yeah, that's a good point. A lot of photographers have networks for when they shoot with a second shooter. That person is another sort of independent photographer that they know and they can pull on to their shoot to help them out. So if this is a person that caught your eye and you can't necessarily fly them out because of the cost, they might know someone who's closer to you or has a fee structure that could work out for you. Yeah. I mean, most photographers that aren't like part of huge studios are totally flexible and help wanting to work with you. And if they can't work with you, they really want to help you find someone who meets your needs. So if it's not finding someone like that, which um, if your photographer gets sick or has some sort of emergency and can't come to your wedding, they have to have a backup come to your wedding. And so that's similar, I think, the same network, right? <laughs> if they're, well, this is another thing. Like if 
this is someone you're signing a contract with and you're paying a professional amount of money to do they sh that should be in in the contract that it's their responsibility to have that contingency already set up yeah the other thing if you're looking at businesses that are it's like a photography studio with multiple shooters um sometimes they have like high level photographers and then they have junior photographers. So they all sort of shoot in the same style, but you may be able to find someone that's more affordable than the original person whose work you fell in love with. But it's going to be a little bit more affordable. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I've seen maybe like two or three studios like that in my research. Not a ton, but I think enough that it's worth a look, um, especially if you really like the way that they're doing their work. Interesting. It's like Renaissance painters. Yeah. They all have a style and you go to the school and you learn the style and then the master will start a painting and they're like, all right, you finish this. I'm going to work. Yeah. I'm going to lunch. <laughs> I'm going to start that joke over. <laughs> the punchline is I'm going to lunch. <laughs> I think you're out to lunch. Yeah, I got to I gotta take some nasal steroids. Yeah. <laughs> you keep looking up. I'm like, what? what's up there? The rest of your sinuses. Gravity-assisted drainage is what's up there. <laughs> Gross. Um, do we have any other tips? Hmm. One thing that uh, one of the photographers that we interviewed said, and I thought this was actually really interesting. Luke and I are not interested in getting engagement oh, photos. Oh, yes. Right. We just don't care. Uh, but... I know some people do. So this woman has a one-size-fits-all package. She do, she only does one package. If you live in the U.S., it's this specific amount. You get her for all day on the wedding, and uh, it includes engagement photos. So during the conversation, we were like, eh, we're not really interested in that. And she said, this is actually a really uh, important part of the package because it's the time where before the wedding, I get to take pictures of you. And you get to feel comfortable working with me. We can kind of get to know one another. And we can sort of work out a lot of the kinks so that the, the day of, we don't have any kinks. It's just smooth sailing. And everybody feels a lot more comfortable. And I know a lot more about you and can like sort of feel out the day a little bit easier. Right. For her, she's kind of rehearsing. She's learning who you are and what you like so that... She can take better pictures at the actual day. And I thought that was really cool. So um, we didn't end up going with her as our photographer. And our photographer is in California. So we probably actually won't get engagement photos. But I would definitely say if that's an option for you and it's affordable or if it's already part of the package, it does seem like she's kind of converted me. It does seem like an actual like purposeful thing to do. Yeah, to... you're seeing the appeal. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting tip. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. So you can find your photographer now. We told you everything. Yeah, we're experts, guys. Yeah, I think that's about all. Yeah, that's a good one. And this one was a big priority for us. So it's, again, one of the only things that we have set up already. But if it's like a medium or a low priority for you, then you may end up just like 
Googling the name of, of the city where your wedding is and then wedding photographer and going through, like, finding a group of them that way and figuring it out from there. Yeah. You do you guys. That should be, like, our motto. That should be the motto of your wedding, no matter who you are, I feel like. You do you. I meant this podcast, but... Oh. <laughs> Anyway, so you guys can find us on iTunes. Uh, we do podcast. Uh, we're also on Stitcher and TuneIn and uh, SoundCloud and your various and sundry podcast apps. Um, please rate us and subscribe so that other people can find us. You can also email us at wedopodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or ideas for topics for us to discuss. You can tell us your favorite kind of photography. You can tell us the fourth kind of photography that we forgot about. Yeah, maybe we'll, maybe that will be like a bonus question. Anyways, thanks guys. Thank you. Bye-bye.